Well, good morning. Uh, I think everyone knows. Listen, if you don't know me, my name is Josh, and I am a deacon here, uh, and, and uh, I'm really excited to bring God's Word to you this morning, to be able to share with you from, from God's Word. And so if you have a Bible, um, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians is like 85% of the way through the Bible. It's in the New Testament. If you are in the Gospels, if you have Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians. If you're at 2 Corinthians, you've gone too far. Back up. If you're at Galatians, Ephesians, back up. We're in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, and we're going to go through the whole chapter today as, a, as an overview in this topic. So, uh, my first question, though, and I don't know if all of you have experienced what I've experienced, but have you all experienced uh, what feels like this week has just been nothing but Christmas decorations going up everywhere you look? Um, like, so in, in Northumberland, where I live, uh, Wednesday, Wednesday, November the 4th, they started hanging Merry Christmas banners from all of the lights in Northumberland, and, and they're starting to decorate King Street Park, and I'm like, man... This is early because, like, I, I love Thanksgiving, right? I mean, it's made for a dude my size. It is football and turkey, and it is, it is the holiday that, of my dreams. And, and my birthday is on Christmas, so I have kind of this, this kind of love-hate tugging with Christmas where I struggle, especially I'm turning 40 this Christmas, so I'm, like, wanting it to stay away as long as possible, so I have a few more days in my 30s. But, but as we get to Christmas, man, the, the season of Christmas is, a, is about giving gifts, and we're going to look at spiritual gifts today, but the season of Christmas is about giving gifts. And, and I think when we give gifts, we all have different philosophies in how we give gifts, right? So we, we want them to be something that, that, that shows the person how much we care about them, right? But, but as I think about having younger boys, like they, they're like, man, we want that toy, right? Like we want that cool thing. Now, as they're getting a little older, it's changing, but, but they want that cool thing. They definitely don't want socks, Right? Like they don't want the useful socks that, that you give. They, they want that cool thing. But that cool gift lasts for like a month. We have a whole shelf full of Christmas gifts from years ago that just no one plays with. But, but um, what, one thing I've, I've really appreciated is my father has this kind of philosophy of giving gifts. He has, he has no desire. He can't keep up with what the kids are into. So he has no desire to buy them something that, that they're going to use for a few days and then be done with. He wants to buy them something that they'll find use in, um, maybe not even immediately, but for a long time to come. So, so some of the gifts that he's given them has been tool sets, like craftsman socket sets. Like craftsman socket sets are, they have a lifetime warranty. My kids may never have to buy another socket set. I don't know. Um, he buys them, you know, tools. He's bought them fishing rods. Uh, this last, uh, their last birthdays, uh, he got them each a hatchet, which I was a little nervous about them having a hatchet. That's like a weird gift to give a a 10- and 13-year-old, but they now have a hatchet. Um, they'll never probably need to buy another hatchet. Um, but when my dad, I just saw him last week, and he, was, he, was, he said to Brandon, I remember they said, he said, hey, have you used your hatchet yet? And Brandon's like, I don't really like have an everyday use for a hatchet, but I will use it when it comes. It's actually a nicer hatchet than mine, so I'm going to probably use it uh, at times when I need it. But, but his idea of giving gifts is he wants to give gifts that are going to last. He wants to give gifts that are going to be used, and then he, like we all do, he really wants to know that, the, that maybe that gift is being used, and, and he wants to see that. And, and so as we look at our passage today, as we look at 1 Corinthians 12, we're going to look at this idea of spiritual gifts. Now, if you don't know what spiritual gifts are, let me give you a, a, a definition. Uh, 
a spiritual gift really is, is any ability that's, that's given by the Holy Spirit and is used for the ministry of the church. That's really all it is. And, and we're going to talk about all those things that could mean. But, but as we look in our passage, we're going to talk about spiritual gifts and we're going to talk about the gifts that we're using and maybe gifts that we're not using and, and right and wrong ways to use them. So before we jump into our passage, let me bring up our, our point today, what we're going to see. And our main point is God gives his people gifts for the purpose of building up the body of Christ. He gives his people gifts, individuals gifts, for building up the body of Christ. Uh, we're going to read God's word today and and. And again, we believe this is the word of God. And so we do want to honor it by standing. But let me first say, it's 31 verses. So if physically you're not really sure you can stand for 31 verses, I get that. But if you can, would you stand as we read God's word together this morning? First Corinthians chapter 12. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says, Jesus is accursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but in the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing, of miracles, to another uh, gifts of healing by the one spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And on our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require 
But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now, you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. This is the word of God, and all God's people said, praise be to God. So we are in the book of 1 Corinthians, and, and uh, this is a letter written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Corinth. Corinth is in Greece, um, and it is a place where uh, really there's a lot of, of trade going on. There's a lot of educated people in that city. This is a place where uh, finance and, and, and philosophy and all of these things come together, and Corinth is a really uh, important place. And, and there's a church there, a church that was started, um, and, and Paul is writing them a letter. And really, uh, most of his letter is, is written because they're, they're gifted. They have resources. They're smart people. They have money. They, they, they want to think deeply about the Word of God, and they're gifted. But, but what's happening in Corinth is, is they're letting their giftedness get in the way of their godliness. And, and so what we see happening is this quarreling. If you were to look in uh, chapter 1, you see this argument that Paul's trying to settle because the, some of them say, listen, I'm a follower of Peter. And others are saying, oh, yeah, well, I'm a follower of Paul. And others are saying, no, I'm a follower of Apollos. And then there's the, the really good ones say, no, you guys, I'm a follower of Jesus. And, and, and Paul's saying, listen, you guys, there's only one that we follow. And it's not a person that you follow, but it's Christ. And so, so Paul's trying to, to, to stop this quarreling that's going on. And in our passage today, what he's really looking to do is, is he wants to show the church in Corinth how to use their giftedness for the good of the body, for the good of all, for, for the whole church. Not to use their giftedness um, in ways that they really kind of have some misunderstandings and how they should use the gifts that, that they've been given. And so that's what we're going to look at today. And I think it's going to help us to look at how are we using the gifts that God has given us. And so what I have for us is really three questions that I'm hoping to answer. Uh, the first question that I'm hoping to answer for us this morning is what are spiritual gifts? Because I don't want to assume that we've got that. So we're going to take some time and we're going to walk through some of the points on what spiritual gifts are. Are. I gave you that definition a little earlier. This is the definition by Wayne Grudem. And he says, uh, a spiritual gift is, is any definition that is empowered by the Holy Spirit and used in any ministry of the church. That's a broad definition. That means there are lots of things that we can consider spiritual gifts. It's anything that the Holy Spirit is given that is used for the ministry of the church. That means that's two parts, right? That has to come from the Holy Spirit. And we're going to look at that in a second. It also means it has to be used. If you have a gift that's not used, then it's not a spiritual gift. It's, it's I don't know what we would call it, 
Ah, I didn't come up with a definition. Uh, the, point, the second point I want us to see there is that the gifts are given to believers through the Holy Spirit. Look with me in our passage. Look at verse 4. Verse 4, it says, Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. Verse 7, it says, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit. In verse 8, For to one is given through the Spirit. The Holy Spirit bestows gifts upon Believers. So what happens is when you put your trust in Christ, when you say that, Jesus, I trust you, I believe in you for the forgiveness of my sins, I want to live my life for you, then what happens is the Holy Spirit is going to give you certain gifts. Now that could look different for each one of us. But he's going to give us gifts because if we're saying we want to live our lives in obedience And to follow Christ, if we want to live our lives for that purpose, then the Holy Spirit's not going to leave us alone. It's going to give us abilities. So, so yeah, when we trust Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins, we're given gifts to help with the ministry. What's the ministry that we're called to? Really, that's that's the, uh, what what is it that the church is about? Uh, The easy answer comes from, from Matthew 28, right? The Great Commission Jesus says to them, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teach them all that you have been taught. That's what he's telling. That's what the church should be about. And in order to do that work, Jesus knows that we need help. And so the help comes from the Holy Spirit who gives us gifts. Now, some of those gifts that may be gifts that we had before and some of them may be new gifts. Let me give you two examples. Um, I have really from, from the moment I could talk, I could sing okay, relatively well. We'll go with that. Um, and so I had a natural ability to sing, and, and, and I went to, to school, and I studied music. And, and when you're studying music, you really get into um, understanding how notes move together, how uh, different techniques work, how certain things are going. And, and, and what I found in my time at Mansfield, and one thing that I was accused of as I, in, in certain uh, evaluations of my singing was my singing became very mechanical. I was singing about love, but there was no love in my body. There was no love in my heart or no visual connection to that as I was singing. It was, is this note right? Is this pitch proper? Have I entered at the right place? Do I have rhythms right? Is my technique appropriate? All of those things led to a very mechanical version of singing. Now, I was singing it properly. But, but, but what happened is, is when I started following Christ, what you see, I really hope no one can accuse me of singing without love as I lead worship. So God has used that. God has changed that. He's taken my natural ability. He's taken my ability that I've worked on to be able to sing and saying, no, I'm going to use that in a new way. I'm going to change the way that works for you and I'm going to use that in order for you to sing, uh, in order for you to lead others in hopes that they can connect spiritually to the lyrics as they're singing so that they can better love God as they're singing. God's taken an ability that I had and gave it a different purpose. Now, for others, it may be a brand new ability that we maybe didn't have before. Uh, Derek used this, pat, this uh, example a long time ago. He said uh, before he really knew Christ, he, he kind of hated to read. I don't know if you know Derek, but the guy reads all the time. 
So, so what God did is when God said, no, I'm going to use you in this way, he also gave him a desire to read and a love for reading and ability to do that and to remember things. He changed his abilities. That was an ability given that didn't exist Perhaps, or, or at least the desire didn't exist. Maybe the understanding did. But he gave him a new desire. And so, so some of these things are, are new gifts that may come. Some may be old gifts that existed that God's using in a new way or enhancing in a way to, to be used. We're going to see lots of examples as we go through that. Um, so so there, are, there are many types of gifts. And, and guys, I could spend literally the rest of our time talking about types of gifts and, and what each gift means, and, and we could spend hours. Um, that's not really my point today. I don't want to spend that time there, but let's look at some of the things just that Paul lists. Um, I'm going to go through them quickly. Paul lists many of them in our passage, and this is not an exhaustive list. Please understand that, but verse 8, he says, utterance of wisdom and utterance of knowledge. That's really kind of teaching that, that sort of area. Uh, verse 9, faith and gifts of healing. Verse 10, working of miracles, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, various kinds of tongues, interpreting tongues. Uh, and then you look in verse 28, all the way down at the bottom, verse 28, he says that God has appointed in the church first apostles and prophets, teachers, miracles, gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. And so these descriptions all end up being somewhat generic, and that means that they can look different in each one of our lives. Let's just take the idea of teaching, right? Teaching, you could have a gift of teaching, and just because you have the gift of teaching doesn't mean that you need to stand up here on a Sunday and, and share that in order to use that gift well, right? There's teaching going on downstairs in our kids' area. Uh, parents, you're constantly teaching your children, hopefully, um, teaching them about the Lord. There's teaching that goes on there. If you have a gift of teaching, that, that means that, that we should figure out how to use that, and that may be used in a, a Bible study, or it may be teaching in missional community, but, but that teaching could look differently. It could look from teaching your child. It could look something like that all the way to preaching God's word. But each of those is a gift that God has given, and it's used in different ways. Uh, Another generic one, like there's some very specific ones and we can talk about uh, the, the gifts of tongues. Guys, let me just, one time I'll hit this, okay? I fully believe, this is me standing here, fully believe that, that the gifts that existed, uh, that, the, that the, the apostles had, the gifts that we see in the, the New Testament, that those gifts continue. I, uh, I believe that they continue and that they are alive today. There's others that, that don't believe that. There's others uh, that they, they would be, believe the gifts have ceased. And so, so some believe, no, once the Bible was finished, we no longer need prophecy, we no longer need tongues, that the Bible is everything we need. And so, so there, there's, there's a differentiation there. Uh, again, not in our passage, I could spend quite a bit of time. If you want to talk about it, let's get coffee and, and we'll, we'll dive into that. But understanding that there's, there's things like gifts of tongues and we don't quite understand that, but then there's things like helping, Right? Does anyone have the gift of helping? That could be anything. Like literally, it could be anything. Let me give you an example. Um, God made me a large dude, um, but I've also helped like four or five of you move things into your home. 
right? Um, that's, that's a gift of, that's, that's not something that, first of all, I didn't make myself this size. I mean, some of this is my, was my doing, right? Um, but some of this was, was God's doing, making me um, this height and, and maybe shoulder width and things like that. So, so God, but God wants me to use that for helping, for helping others, for loving others well, for helping others in the church. There are, there's no limit to things that you could put into that category of gifts of helping. Right? So they're all very generic, but I, wanna, I just want us to open our minds a little bit, um, maybe, maybe flatten out a little bit what the gifts of the Spirit are, or what these spiritual gifts are, because, because I think sometimes we look at them as, oh, if you, if you have um, a spiritual gift, then, then you're, you have to be a pastor or you have to be uh, preaching or you have to do those things. Um, no, there's, there's, there's others. What about gifts of healing? Right? I, Gifts of healing, I, I, I don't know. I, I have not walked into a place where somebody's sick and healed them, right? But I've prayed for a whole lot of people who God has made better. I don't know. Like, I know some of you, when you pray, some of you, when you pray, I don't know, you have a gift and God, God hears you when you pray, right? Like, I, little Donovan pray. he sent me a letter and he, he said, I'm praying for you uh, that, that you have a good week at work. And I got to tell you, my week at work was terrible until I got that letter. And God answered that prayer. And I know God's answered Donovan's prayers for many of you as he's written letters to you that God has honored that. That's a gift that God has given him to to know what to pray for and that God wants to use that and honor that. So these are examples of gifts. Um, Again, can't spend a ton of time there. But they're they're often, these are really generic descriptions. Last point in in this question of what are spiritual gifts, um, and that is that, that all believers have gifts. Right? All believers have gifts, but there is a diversity of gifts. Um, that means all of us are going to look different in how this works. But the, 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 the promise here, what we see, even if you, if you look back at verse 7, to each is given a manifestation of the Spirit. To each. That means if you are a follower of Christ, you have some gifts that can be used for the whole body for the church. Um, that does not mean that any one person has all the gifts, right? That's not true. Um, that does not mean uh, one thing that we're going to see in Corinth is that they're going to, they have a really, they're weighing some of the gifts in different ways. And they think, listen, if you don't have this gift, you're not as mature as me because I have this gift. And so we see that argument that's happening in Corinth, and that's actually later on. Um, but, but all believers have gifts. No person has all the gifts. Look at verses, if you just look at that passage in verses 4 to 11 in our passage this morning, right, there's a variety of gifts but the same spirit. Then he goes through that whole list. To each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. That The list is for, you know, to one is given the spirit of utterance of wisdom. Another is given utterance of knowledge. Another is uh, given faith. Another is given healing. Another is given working of miracles, and on and on and on. So, so that means not all of us have them, but he is spreading those out as they're needed, but they all come from the same spirit. It is all the spirit working in all of us. Okay, I think we, we kind of answered question number one. Question number two that we need to ask is how should we use our gifts? Right? If we have these gifts, if we've agreed that that each of us who are followers of Christ have gifts that God has given us. And, and if the definition is that for them to be spiritual gifts, they must be used, then the question we have to ask is how do we use them? Right? How do we use them? Uh, I've, said, I've mentioned this verse 7 many, many times, but to each is given a manifestation of the Spirit. Why? For the common good. 
Why is, why is the, the Spirit given us? Why is, why is it given to each of us? Why are gifts given to us? It's for the common good. We should be using them, again, for the church, the local church, for the church, global church, for the entirety of the mission of making disciples. We should be using our gifts in any of those ways. We are gifted individually, but those gifts are to be used for the broader body of Christ. Um, that means, uh, you know, I have been given gifts, you have been given gifts, but those gifts are not for, for my personal benefit, right? Those gifts are not for me to make much of myself and to have people say, oh, what a great, you know, look, look how gifted you are. And it's not for me to hoard those gifts. It's for me to have those gifts to share with others for the building up of the body of Christ. It's to use them for something that's bigger than us. It's to contribute to something that's bigger than we are. And that's the, that's the beauty of this, right? For any one of us who are called by Christ, who have been given gifts, that means that we get to participate in something way bigger than us. That means we get to participate in something bigger than this room. That means we get to participate in something bigger than the American church. That means we get to participate in something bigger than the global church. You know, in our culture, we want to look at individual things we, want to, we really want to focus on ourselves. How does this affect me? And Paul's telling us, no, you've got to look at the whole. Look at what the, the entirety of this is. Um, I wasn't going to go there, but I am. It's been, this, this has been on my mind um, for, a couple, for a couple weeks. Uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10. Uh, uh, Paul, Paul, is, Paul wrote this, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10, he, and he's writing this to say, um, really, why God has given him grace, why God is using him to preach the word. Verse 10, he says, so that through the church, the manifold or the, the multifaceted or the many versioned, the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to the rulers and authorities of the heavenly places. Through the church, the wisdom of God will be made known to the rulers in the heavenly places. Guys, that's something to participate in that's bigger than any one of us. That's bigger than all of us collectively. That means that, that God is using us through the church to show his wisdom and glory to the rulers in the heavenly places. I can't even quite fathom what that looks like. But that means that we're a part of something huge. And as we use our gifts, even for this local church body, that God's using that to do things that we can't even fathom. So, so the, the really nice way of putting this is that, that we get to use our gifts for something bigger than us. The blunt way of putting it is that your spiritual gifts aren't about you. Uh, we see that in the rest of this passage, what he's saying to the people in Corinth. He's like, this isn't about you. I didn't give you those gifts so that you could be thought of as awesome. I gave you these gifts so that I could be awesome. That's God speaking, so that God could be awesome. That's why gifts are given, not for the building up of ourselves, but for the building up of Christ. Paul wants us to use our gifts as part of the whole. If you look at, look with me at verse 13. I'm going to go back to 1 Corinthians and find verse 13. That's way better. Um, For in one spirit, 
We were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, all were made to drink of one spirit. Jews or Greeks, why did he use that? Because, because they're opposites, right? Jews or Greeks. Slaves or free, opposites. He could have said black or white. He could have said Democrat or Republican, yeah? He could have said wealthy or poor. All of them, no matter what their background, are drinking of the same spirit, have the same spirit in them. It's a, it, it's a great unification of the people. Which is why when we, when we struggle with things like diversity or we struggle with things like, like um, any type of, of racial tension, it, it just boggles my mind because, because none of the outside matters. It's the spirit. We all have the same spirit within us. I don't have any more limit. Have you ever thought about this? Do you, do you guys, you guys when, when you see Derek um, and he's preaching up here, uh, do, do you think, man, that guy just has so much Holy Spirit? I feel that way. But the truth of the matter is he doesn't have any more of the Holy Spirit than any one of you. He has different gifts. God's using him in a different way. God's using me in a different way. That doesn't mean we have, I, I have 10% of the Spirit and Derek has 40% of the Spirit. No, we all have of one, we have all drunk and been baptized of one Spirit. And that Spirit can be used uh, for ministry. Now, we ask the question, how do we use our gifts, right? We use our gifts for the common good, for the building up of God's church, for the sharing of his wisdom through the church to the rulers in the heavenly places, right? That is the, 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 the goal that we have here. How do we use our gifts? Uh, there's some things we want to look at, and Paul's talking about this wholeness, this oneness, and he's going to use the body of Christ, and he's going to actually use a metaphor of the human body to kind of show us, listen, this is how the body of Christ works. And he's using some really silly examples of, how the, of the human body to show how silly it is and why we sometimes use, or how Corinth was using their gifts and how we sometimes think of our gifts. And so I have two pitfalls for us to, to watch out for. Two pitfalls as we use our gifts as we try to use our gifts for good, there's two pitfalls to look at. And one is undervaluing our gifts, and the other is overvaluing our gifts. And so, undervaluing our gifts, look at verses 21, start, look at starting in verse 21. Look, he says that I, I can, uh, no, that's, that's not where I want to be. I want to be in verse 14. Okay, I looked in the wrong spot. Verse 14, uh, 14 and 15. Um, he says, if the foot should say, uh, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand. That doesn't make it any more so. If the, the, the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not, any, I'm not part of the body, that doesn't make it so. Uh, we tend to compare ourselves, right, with those who have gifts that are similar to us. It's interesting that he uses eye and ear, right, because they're, they're similar. They both input, right? They're both part of the, the face. They're kind of locally there, so the ear says to the eye, listen, I'm, I'm not, because I'm not an eye, because I'm not as cool as the eye, I'm not part of the body. Now, your ear can't do that, right? Your ear can't just break off from the body. Uh, and he said, then, then puts hand and foot together, right? They both, um, I can't walk on my hands, but uh, you, you probably can't very long either. So that's what our feet are there for. So the feet can't say, hey, listen, just because I'm not a hand, the hand is awesome. Look at all the things it can do. This foot can't do it. And I'm just going to quit and not be part of the body. Your body parts can't 
do that. And what Paul's saying is, listen, as members of the church, as members of the body of Christ, you can't do that either. I've gifted you in a way that is unique to you that I need you to use. You can't break apart just because you're not one gift or the other. We can oftentimes feel maybe inferior to others because of our background, maybe because of our our knowledge, maybe uh, biblical knowledge, like he just knows the Bible way better than me and that means he's way, way better gifted and he should handle that. I'm going to stand over here. And, and, and Paul's saying, no, you, that's, that's like the ear saying, you know what, he just sees really well so this ear is just going to leave. You can't do that. Each piece is needed for the body to function well. Verse 18 uh, Read, read there in, in verse 18, he says, But as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them, as he chose. So not only, listen, hear me, not only did God, before you were born, choose you to have a saving knowledge of him, choose you to be freed from sin by the shedding of Jesus' blood, not only did he choose you to have a life forever uh, with him, but he chose you to have the gifts that you have, and he arranged you in a way for the betterment of the body. Look at what he says there. If, If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? How would you smell? If all of us had the same gift, we would be severely lacking. But what Paul's saying is, no, each gift is important. Each body part is necessary. Each member is important for the body. So we can be envious of the way others have of certain gifts. Um, and the way this plays out, uh, so, so, so my, my whole point in warning you is uh, of this pitfall of undervaluing our gifts is it can be really easy to say, that guy, man, he's, he's, he's talented. God has gifted him. So if I sit here in the back and just let him go into that fire alone, I'm going to let him do ministry. I'll be here on Sunday. I'll give him a couple bucks, right? We'll, we'll throw some money in the place. But, but listen, I'm just going to stand back here. And if you do that, it's like your foot just decides to stop working. The hands need the feet. The, the eyes need the ears. All of it must work in conjunction for the body to be healthy. And so... so Again, you have to use the spiritual gifts in order for them to be spiritual gifts. The other pitfall that we can fall into is overvaluing our gifts. Now, verse 21, this is where I wanted to be. The the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Right? The eye can't just be like, hey, listen, I got all I need. I don't need hands. I don't need noses. Feet, get out of here. I have what I need. I don't need anyone else. See, 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 what's happening is the eye is enamored with seeing. The eye's like, the most important thing that needs to happen is to be able to see. I don't need any of y'all. Just let me see. Get out of here. I have no need for you. It, it has such a passion for seeing. Its singular focus is on seeing. So it sees the other body parts as less important. That's, that's, that's this idea that, that Paul's giving us. And we can do this in ministry. We can fail to see the interconnectedness of 
the body. Um, many commentators think that Paul is actually referencing a fable. Um, Do you guys ever heard of Aesop? Aesop's fables, right? He was, a, he was actually a Greek philosopher and storyteller who, who died in like 500 BC. So, so, so all the people in Corinth would have been familiar with Aesop's fables. Paul obviously knew them. And so there's a, a fable that Aesop had, and it's called The Belly and the Members. I want to read it to you. One day it occurred to the members of the body that they were doing all the work while the belly had all the food. So they held a meeting and decided to strike till the belly consented its proper share of the work. For a day or two, the hands refused to take the food. The mouth refused to receive it, and the teeth had no work to do. After a day or two, the members began to find that they themselves were in poor condition. The hands could hardly move, and the mouth was parched and dry, while the legs were unable to support the rest. Thus, even the belly was doing necessary work for the body, and all must work together or the body will go to pieces. I think you can see how the commentators may think that that, that Paul is using uh, this fable as a little bit because it's a silly thing for the ears and the eyes to speak, right? But but what we see here is, is... that there are parts of the body that, that are indispensable. And, 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 and so you see the body parts in the fable just striking. You know, I, I, listen, the belly, he's got, he doesn't have to do any work. He gets all the food while we're out here doing all this work. And what they all realized was the belly was the one providing the strength for them to actually do the work. And all the body must work together for it to be healthy. So, so there are parts of the body that are indispensable. And, and, and you know what? We often don't think about those parts of the body being indispensable until they stop working. Yeah, you have a part of your body that's not quite working right, but you think about it all the time. Um, as I get a little bit older, when I was younger, right, I could, I could play sports, I could play contact sports, I could, I could work construction with my dad all day, and my body was pretty indestructible. And now if I, like, sneeze the wrong way, I might not walk right for a week. Like, it's, it's just weird. Like, this morning I went to reach for a piece of paper, and a pain shot in my shoulder. I'm like, what is I, I, all I did was go to use my arm in a way that an arm is supposed to move, and it hurt. Um, you know, and as I get older, I realize that. Um, but the worst thing, probably a little, little less than a year ago, um, many of you may remember, but I had, to, I had this kidney stone, right? And it was the most blinding pain I've ever felt in my life. Um, uh, I can tell you the number of times I thought about my kidneys before that day was absolute zero. And when that kidney stone appeared and the, that pain started going through my body, I couldn't walk without thinking of my kidney. I couldn't sleep without thinking of my kidney. I couldn't eat. Breathing hurt. I couldn't do anything without thinking about my kidney. At that moment, I realized, man, I actually, I'm aware of my kidney, and it's sick. Something's going on. And, and at that point, I realized, you know, I need to take better care of that. So I've had to stop drinking iced tea. I can't drink iced tea because it causes kidney stones. All those things. So i got to take care of that. And, and this is what Paul's talking about in our passage. He talks about these, uh, the, these uh, less glamorous parts of the body, right? That's kind of a weird thing as he's talking about these less glamorous parts of the body and, and that the, 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 the outward parts of the body are given, um, are given one thing, but, but the inside of the parts of the body, or the less glamorous parts, the less presentable parts, are also, also the most valuable. Have you thought about that? Like, I could, have, I could have the greatest 
eyesight in the world. I don't. But I could have the greatest eyesight in the world and be able to see miles. And if my heart stops working, those eyes are not going to do a whole lot. The indispensable parts of the body, he says, are given the most honor because they're protected. Our lungs and our hearts and our kidneys and our livers and our digestive system and our our arteries that carry blood and all those things that have to work together are the parts that are given honor because they're actually protected more so than the presentable parts of our body which are on the outside. Those are the parts that do the work, but that doesn't mean they're less important. And so, so the pitfall we can fall into is, is again seeing, listen, I've got this gift and, and uh, I don't need the rest of you in order to do this. And so what Paul's saying is, no, we've got to think as a whole. You can't use your gifts if you're not in concert with others who are also using their gifts. You can't use them well if you're not with a body that's also moving together. So, so I think my warning for you is to be careful that your gifting doesn't become your identity. It's very easy for us to say, you know what, I am just, I'm a really great singer. Uh, and, and that means, you know what, uh, what, what if I just decided to stop coming here? Man, that church would really need me, wouldn't they? I'm just putting my, I'm putting my identity in my ability that God has given me. Here's a, here's a real-life example. Um, like, I wanted to, when I was younger, I wanted to play basketball, right? But, but God, in his wisdom, decided to stop growing me at six feet, make me slow and not able to jump. So all of those things are, are really against me as a basketball player. But, but what he has done is he's given guys like Shaquille O'Neal, he's grown him to seven feet tall, um, and, and make him bigger than any other human in the world. And so when he, when he gets the ball, he dunks it, and he, he pounds his chest, and he's, he's super proud of himself, and, and he's done absolutely nothing to grow to that height of seven feet. I did nothing to make myself stop growing at six feet, but, but they did nothing to do that. And I think we can do that a little bit. We can stop seeing that the gifts we have are gifts that are given to us by God to be used for a purpose. And so we pound our chests in a way that can be uh, that, that can really be, uh, push us away from the mission that we have. God has gifted us. We did nothing to deserve it, and we should be grateful, grateful for the gifts that we have and use them, again, for the body of Christ. Okay, our last question this morning. Last question is, uh, what are your gifts? So, so I'm hopefully giving you some ideas for you to start seeing some, some giftedness that you may have but if you're in this place and you're saying, Josh, I just don't know. I don't know what my gifts are. What do I do? Well, I don't know how God has gifted me. Um, remember, verse 7, to what? To each is given a manifestation of the Spirit. So we all have them. Right? Remember that, that we all have them. So, so yeah, we need to start to think about what is that. So, so my first, I have a couple of points that I'm going to give you here to, to think about this as we leave. First point is uh, definitely be in prayer about that. Not, hear me, not in prayer that God would give me specific gifts, but in prayer that God would reveal what those gifts are to you. Because he's already given them. If you're a follower, again, if you're a follower of Christ, the Holy Spirit has already given you some gifts, um, but you may need help seeing them. Another way to help seeing them is to be in community. I can't think of a better way than being in community with brothers and sisters and being able to see those gifts work out. So if you're with others, that's a great way to See if you have certain gifts. Uh, those of you who are in missional community, will you be on the lookout for brothers and sisters and the giftedness they have? Like, could, could you say or see, hey, you know what? Like, 
you, you, really have, you really have some great gifts here. You, maybe somebody does have the gift of teaching. So maybe that's saying, listen, I think you may be gifted in this area. Can we work together to grow that, to cultivate that, to give you opportunities to teach? Oftentimes, when you're in community, other people can see things that you can't see. You're blinded, and they're like, oh, you know what? You've, you, just, you just have this awesome gift of hospitality, and you're like, you know what? I don't even know, I didn't even know what that was. But others may see it, and others may point it out to you. So be in community. Uh, ask others to, 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 to speak into your life. Other thing you can look at is, is to look at your life in general. So, so, so what are things in your life that, that you're drawn to? What are things that you're maybe naturally good at? What are things that, that you feel alive when you participate in? Those may be things, that may be God using things that he's already put in your life that he wants to use in a great way. Let me give you an example um, so let's say, man, when I wake up in the morning, all I can think about is cooking. I love to cook. Like, I love taking ingredients, and I love making something, and I just love cooking. So the next step is, okay, that's a gift that God has given you. How are you going to use that? And so you could, and you could, you could uh, make, make meals for, for those who need it. You could invite people over to your home who, who you can share meals with, and then hopefully you get to know them and hopefully be able to share Christ with them. You could use those gifts in many ways, but that's something that, that God has already given you a passion for, and he may be wanting to use in a spiritual way. So start to think about what are things in my life um, that, that I love to do, and how can I use those for the common good? Um, another thing, this, I'll give this to younger people a little bit. Hey, uh, if you see a need, if you see a need the church has, if you see an area where something needs to be done, why not give it a shot? Seek a need and see what is it? You may not know you have gifts until you try it out. So if you see that, that, that there's a, a need in, in a certain area, give that a shot. Us, when we get older, we, we think we know what, what, what we're good at, but you may not know what you're good at until you try. It may be that that some of you just have an outstanding gift in, in craftsmanship or, or maybe you're just really good at building things and you don't know that until you give that a, a shot. And then the key is how are we using that again? So, so see where there's a need and try it out. Um, if you really don't know, there's, there, there, are, there are tests you can take, kind of online tests you can take, and there's a number of them online you can look at. Um, the, the one I, I think I would recommend is the APEST test, A-P-E-S-T, and that's, that's going to ask you a whole bunch of questions. It's like half an hour long, you're going to answer a bunch of questions, and it's going to kind of tell you maybe a little bit how God has wired you um, and, and maybe ways to do it. So, so there's a number of things you can look at. Um, to think about where are my gifts, how has God gifted me, and how can I use those gifts. As I close this morning, let me give you just a tiny bit of encouragement um, and maybe some pleading. If you, if you are using your gifts, if you know I've been gifted and I am using it, let me just encourage you to keep going. You are blessing people in a way that you can't imagine. If you have gifts, keep using them. Keep, keep going strong. If... Uh, if you have gifts and you're not using them, and that could be for a number of reasons. There could be a number of reasons why. Um, uh, it could be that you, you feel burnt out. Let me encourage you that, that God has gifted you and you don't know how God has planned to minister to someone through you. But somebody in here this morning may need what your gifts are. Somebody in a church 
that we haven't even heard of may need gifts that you have. Someone somewhere may need to be ministered to by the gifts that God has given you. So let me encourage you. Think about what gifts God has given you. Pray about the gifts that we had. Talk about them in community. Look at how God has individually made you. And then figure out how can I use those gifts for the common good, for the building of the body, for the body of Christ. Let's pray. Oh God, I, I confess that, that, that there are times uh, personally where I overvalue my giftedness. And there are times where I undervalue giftedness, Lord, that you have given me. I know there are, I fall into both pitfalls. God, I confess that this morning. And, and Lord, I pray for the people in this room that they would feel and discover how you have gifted them. Realize that you have chosen them individually to participate in the greatest work that we will ever do. That you have chosen each of us individually to partake in sharing your love with the world, of making disciples of all nations, of baptizing them in your name. You have chosen us for that work. Lord, it's a lot of work. And the body can only work when all of it's working together. So God, as we as we think about these things, as we, as we pray about them, as we, as we identify giftedness that you have given us. Lord, may we be grateful for what you've given us. May we use it well. And Lord, may also be thinking about how we fit into that little tiny piece of the whole. Lord, would you continue to bless us? Uh, Lord, would you continue to love us? Lord, would you forgive us for those times that we're not using our gifts well? Lord, would you just give us a desire to want to use all the blessings you have given us for your glory. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.